Hey, um, I've got those books to send you. Do you want those? Yes, please. I have not been moved. I'm at the same spot. So whatever address mom has for me, send them there. Okay. I think I have three copies of the thanks right. for the feedback book. Is that enough? I only need two. Okay. Well, maybe I'll keep one then. You probably keep one. Seems like a good book to have around, especially I, I know you speak highly of it. So be able to hand that out to someone or something, be able to pull it out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've already got a copy laying around somewhere unless I oh, gave okay. it away. So, well, now I have another one to give away, I guess. Yep, exactly. So Archer, you have a new companion this week? I do have a new companion. His name is Elder Allen and he is from Pleasant Grove, Utah. Okay. How many of your companions have been from Utah? Oh, that's a good question. My previous companion was from, he said he was from Wyoming, but he confided in me that he was actually more from Idaho. He technically uh, lived in the boundaries of Idaho, though he spent a lot of his time in the boundaries of Wyoming. That's where he went to school at. So I, he's from Idaho. So we got Idaho and Utah covered. Um, and then my companion before that, his name is Elder Wilkins. He is from Arizona. Um, and I think he's from Flagstaff, if I'm not mistaken. So he, he's from Arizona. And then my companion before that, who was my trainer, his name is Elder Mazingo. He was from Las Vegas. Well, so it's like one out of five. So you and four companions, only one out of five is from Utah. Interesting. Well, you say that, but in my previous area, I was in a quad, mm -hmm. which is to say it was our companionship and another companionship. And the other companionship, they had one missionary from Idaho and one missionary from Utah. So that adds... You know, out of one out of seven, two out of seven missionaries are from Utah. Two out of seven missionaries are really from Idaho. And then the rest are from other places. Okay. I just feel like when I was on my mission, it was the vast majority were from Utah. Not, not all of them, but, but most, by far most were from Utah. And hearing from the people that we interact with, it does seem like most of them are quick to assume you are from Utah. They were, I, I get a lot of comments when I introduce myself that I'm from St. Louis and they, people are quick to point out, that's not Utah. Look at that. That's a lot closer too. St. Louis isn't as far from Louisiana. It's not that long of a drive if you go straight down. All right, so you've got a new companion. Um, where Are you still in the same place? Yes, I am still in Jonesboro, Louisiana, which Jonesboro is in between two larger towns. Um, the one south of us, directly south, is Winfield. The one directly north is Ruston. Ruston is actually fairly large. In fact, it has a university, Ruston Tech. So, Ruston Tech, is it spelled R-U-S-T-E-N or T-I-N or what? T-O-N. R-U-S-T-O-N, yep. You actually go to those other two towns that are on either side? 
So I serve in the Jonesboro area, the windshield area directly below me currently has no missionaries. And so we have been delegated to take care of that as well. And then the Ruston area, which is north of us, currently is ran by two sisters. We go and visit them and a couple of other missionaries. We visit them every Wednesday and there we gather for district council inside of their church building. When you say you visit with the, the sisters and you said some other elders or other missionaries, you're not visiting each of their locations. Everyone's just gathering in Ruston. Everyone just gathers in Ruston, yes. We have a district council where we discuss matters of missionary importance, how to get better at being missionaries, and we usually eat a nice lunch and socialize. Um, what's a matter of missionary importance? Things that leadership is pushing for. Um, specifically, we have some new things that we are trying out in this upcoming year. So I have been tasked with bringing them up and talking about them and talking how we can make them really important. When you say make them really important, you mean like they don't seem obviously important, so you've got to somehow create enthusiasm for them? I do, yes. So what's an example of something then? Well, I think the biggest example um, is we have some new uh we have some new ways to track our progress um one of those ways is we mark down how many lessons we have with members and another way is uh getting returning members or sorry not returning is getting new members to continue to come to church and normally before these new numbers were coming out. Um, it wasn't heavily emphasized to get members to lessons or to get these newly baptized members back to church and continue to stay at church. And so now that we have these numbers to start keeping track, it is emphasized and that is missionary work now. So nobody can complain that this isn't missionary work when we do these things because it is now officially missionary work and you are expected to work and make these um, numbers go up. Well, who would complain that, that, that I'm not quite following what you mean by this is missionary work. You mean visiting with members? In the past missionaries would not put a lot of effort towards getting missionary, sorry, would not put a lot of effort towards getting members into lessons. And it is a tool that has been identified as a very, very important tool. And also in the past, getting new members to continue coming to church has usually been delegated to the ward or branch that that new members are part of. But now seeing that this is a number that we are in charge of keeping track of, that means that we have to put forth effort. So do you anticipate it's going to be hard to get members to go with you? Or now that you're aware, or now that you're being tracked on it and it feels more important that you'll just remember to invite them more often? It's hard to say. This new thing is kind of rolling out. Um, 
it almost feels like we're pioneering this in a way. Yet I've heard of missionaries in the past doing this and knowing that it is a really good and important thing to do. I think it going into the future, it will be a small mindset change that having members makes your lessons better. Meaning that missionaries are going to start in their planning, including contacts with members. So yes, it's very much, they will now start to remember these kinds of things. Of course, this specific goal is heavily dependent on the local members and their ability. But if the members are now constantly being invited to participate in this specific activity, it'll be on their minds more often and they'll hopefully adapt and change to help with that. In this specific activity, you mean um, going on teaching lessons with you guys? Yep. Gotcha. Okay. And you said that you're responsible for sharing this message. Why, why are you saying that? Like, why are you responsible? I've been called as the district leader of my local district. Um, I am in charge of helping three other companionships of missionaries um, run my local district smoothly. Directly above me are zone leaders. Our zone leaders are in charge of three different districts. And the zone leaders will report to the assistants to the president and they run the whole mission. So I have been delegated responsibility to take care of my local district. You say take care of you. Are you talking primarily about sending messages down or what else would you do? Sending messages down, making sure morale is high. Our mission president, President Amos, um, has stated numerous times that the district leaders are the boots on the ground, that he can say all that he wants to, and he can tell the assistants to the president all that he wants to, and he can tell the zone leaders all that they want to. But the district leaders are the ones that have to work it out and make specific things happen. We have to do things. Yeah, like what? What do you do? Have meetings? Well, I mean, is there anything besides yeah, running meetings? Have meetings. I'm in charge of having calls with these companionships twice a week and talking to them and making sure that they're doing those things. On top of that, I have to lead by example and do them myself. You'll be asking everybody for the numbers related to the thing you just were talking about, having members go with them to teach? Yep, yep. Among many other things, but these are the new things is this new number that we have to start keeping track of. So do you get like a special name tag because you're a district leader? Uh, Is it like a gold rim around your black name tag or something? Yeah, actually on the back of my name tag, I get to write district leader, elder lamb, and I can flip that around at all the meetings. No, we have the same tag as everyone else. Almost including President Amos. But President Amos gets a little thing that says Mission President on his tag. He gets Elder Amos and then in parentheses, Mission President. But the Assistant Presidents don't get special name tags. It seems like having special name tags is for very, very specific people that tend to be 
uh, senior missionaries. Well, Archer, if you're in charge of the morale for your district, just saying you could make the Lamb District uh, special fancy name tags. And um, mm -hmm. to keep it kind of on the down low, you could put all the decorations on the back of them, just like you were saying. And actually, one of the incentives that me and my companion have come up with to push and incentivize these goals that we have is we are going to go to our local Joann's and purchase some special charms that we are going to hand out to everyone. And they will all be the same charm and it'll be a mark of, a mark of Rustin District pride to be able to have that charm and say, I was a part of this district with Elder Lamb when they had this initiative. Hmm. Like a charm bracelet charm? Yes, that is what we're thinking of. We still haven't been to Joanne's, so look at what options they have. But we will soon be heading there in two days, this upcoming Wednesday. Do you guys have a car? Yes, we have. Actually, we have a truck, a 2022 Toyota Tacoma. And it's a pretty good truck. Um, yeah, that's cool. So the reason I was asking is because our ward is going to have some kind of Valentine's Day activity. And the Cottrells asked me to help them make a keychain uh, with my laser cutter. And it's going to have some kind of Valentine's theme on it. If you want me to cut you a fancy Valentine's keychain, I don't think that's what you want. But oh, I, could, I could cut you a Dustin um, keychain that you could give out. I don't know. A Rustin keychain? Yeah, Rustin, not Dustin. Yeah, the Rustin keychain. Oh, man. Could you make it in the shape of a dinosaur, perhaps? Why in the world is there a connection between Rustin and dinosaurs? Our district has decided that the theme of our district is the Ra-C-Rexes. And we are theming all of our incentives and activities around dinosaurs. So in our group chat that we have over Facebook Messenger, we're able to hold each other accountable by putting in little dinosaur emojis whenever we um, work we, whenever we make progress towards the goal that we have set. That sounds fun. Sounds like a good idea. It is very fun. Yes. So that is the hope that we're going to find dinosaur charms at Joann's. And I, they have a lot of charms, like a great deal of charms. And if we can't find dinosaurs, we'll find something else that works very suitably. But if we could have some specially cut dinosaurs that say something along the lines of Rust T-Rexes, that would be so awesome. That would get everyone so excited. Yeah, well, I'll see if there's any uh, dinosaur designs that are easy to do. I take it it's got to be a T-Rex or else it doesn't make sense. That, like, like a stegosaur would maybe not be the best fit for the Rust T-Rexes. Probably not, no. Well, I just bought some plant fossils today. Um, oh, man. Yeah, not for myself. I bought them uh, to send to some people's gifts. So there's a couple academic um, labs, one's in the UK and one's in uh, Cornell, uh, New York. And I asked them if they'd send me some of the materials that they'd published on. And the standards 
within the academic community are if you publish in certain journals, you're expected to provide um, the necessary scientific materials to people that might want to try and repeat your research, you know, in order to verify it's true or, or to, to continue the work in some other way. And um, in the academic world, you know, people will almost always send you the materials. On the other hand, um, since I work for Bayer, um, I wasn't sure what kind of reception I'd get asking for the materials, which again, per the rules of the journals they published in, they agree to provide these materials. So in principle, um, I'm asking for things that I guess in a way they've already committed to doing. Um, anyway, they actually have been very pleasant to interact with and, and seem happy uh, to send it and provide it. So I thought I should send them a little gift. And I wasn't entirely sure what the policy was in terms of you know sending things out. So I was looking into it and if you give over a certain dollar amount then there's tax rules that kick into play and uh, and the, the guidance say it has to be a you know a low value gift. So I got a couple of plant fossils. I think one of them's 40 bucks and I think the other two are 20 bucks. So got those ordered today. They're going to show up and I'll pop them in the mail and ship them out. Now if I recall correctly this is something you did in, in the past when you worked for Monsanto and you, you gave, you gave these as small gifts to other people. And it seemed like they really, really appreciated those gifts. So I, this sounds like a spectacular idea. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all like internal, you know, just team members and people that we work yeah. with. You just handed it to them. That's that's exactly what was in my mind, Archer. Just thought this would be a fun little thing that, I mean, I could have sent him a box of chocolates or something, I guess. You know, a corporation sends you a box of chocolates. It kind of sounds like the person didn't think too hard, so. Right. When I went to college for it, the tiniest amount of time, you know, walking into my professor's offices, it was always very fun to see all these small, tiny little trinkets that kind of gathered around their office and to be able to point to something that looked really interesting and ask about it and hear the story about it. Were those students giving them things? Um, it was students and I assume other people giving the, you know, and other things. Yeah. And I, I could just picture in my head a student going to one of these, um, you know, these people that you're sending this gift to and asking them about it and then they get to kind of retell the story of this, you know, this really important thing that, you know, they thought it was pretty cool. They put it in the paper and then some guy over in the, in St. Louis, Missouri, thought it was really cool, and, you know, asked him to send him stuff. And then, you know, if you liked it so much, then you'd send him a plant fossil, right? Yeah. Yeah. And actually the two people I'm sending these to are actually both retired or semi-retired. Okay. Like they're, they're, but it was called emeritus. So they have an office space at, okay. on campus. Okay. But they have they an office space that they can put it in. Yeah. But they're not um, actively running a research program or anything. So um, this will be lovely. Or, you know, they give them to their grandkids or something. That'd be fine too. Sure. Yeah. Kind of cool. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, dinosaur cutouts, um, fossils, there's the connection. Um, they have plenty of fossils you could get too, but I don't think a T Rex. Fossil's gonna be cheap. Just guessing. A full, a full T Rex fossil. <laughs> we need eight of them by the end of 
about five weeks, Dad. So make it happen. And laser engraved, right? With some. And laser engraved. Rusty Rexes. Okay. Well, I'll see if I can cut some things out. Now, can I actually communicate with you? uh, Like if I have a drawing or a picture, can I send it to you by messenger for you to take a look at? Or is that, like, is that missionary work enough? And yes, it is. And I can respond. I can respond to anything assuming that it is missionary purpose. And that is really a super vague term. Um, but this is something that I could convince the people around me that it is missionary purpose. Um, you're not, you're not setting a seems... bad example by breaking the rules no, and just chatting no, with your family I, willy-nilly. That uh, It seems to be the standard that if, if it, like, I, I don't know if there's any strict standard, but there seems to be an unspoken standard that you can do this kind of stuff. And in the missionary standards, you are allowed to communicate with family back home about missionary purpose stuff and other things. So this is one of those things that we're able to communicate with you, not on P days. Gotcha. Okay. I'll, I'll try and do something soon. Right. Ask me about it next week. See what progress I've made, if any. I might ask. Yeah. Now, I've got to go hop on a call with Sarah to talk with her in some time. So do you have any any quick things you want to bring up right now for the folks that are able to listen to this conversation? Uh, I don't. Do you have anything else you want to say? I, I think I'm all good here. Loving the mission so far for anybody listening. So... Okay, great, Archer. All right, well, glad things are going well. Proud of the work you're doing. Keep it up. Thank you very much.